I don't know where you guys went on your summer vacation. Um, I know for myself, uh, growing up as a teacher's kid, summer was our time to get away. And so every year we would go on a, on a summer trip. Oftentimes we'd go on some sort of uh, road trip. And the place that we would uh, go a lot for us in my teenage years was Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, has anybody ever been Myrtle Beach? Yeah. And it, it's kind of like, uh, it's just lots of shows, lots of family things, lots of activities. We absolutely loved it. And so we would, we would road trip there. But oftentimes, and you know this too, if you've got little kids, sometimes a family vacation, especially a road trip, is not relaxing or enjoyable at all. And you know, because I know like my sister and I, we'd be back and he's touching me. I'm not touching you. I'm like, that, you know, and it's just constantly breaking up fights and you're refereeing and everything like that. And for me and my sister, we're no different than any other um, siblings is that we have these fights that we would get into. Yet at the same time, um, we would we would fight so much with one another. Uh, we would we would have each other's backs, too. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna mess with the family, you know. You just like you, you come, you know. We're gonna, we hate each other, but man, you, we got each other's back. Um, we would, we would want to fight with one another, but we also tried to avoid getting in trouble because we knew when we were fighting, we would get in big time trouble. So we united together. We we're like, how are we gonna fix this problem? We uh, figured out the art of silent fighting. All right. You got someone in a headlock and you're like, and you're like, send some jabs, like, you know, and then you're just like pounding each other and just trying to keep it quiet. Right. We, we were we were masters at the silent fight. Um, some of you guys, I think, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but then also when anyone would try to come up against us, I remember one time being like it was like roughly first grade. And we're walking home from school that day. We live close enough to school where we would walk. And the school bully who lived nearby us was uh, walking behind us, and he was taunting my sister. My sister's three years older than me. So I'm like first grade, she's fourth grade. Bully's in fourth grade. And he's just, just talking trash to her or whatever. And so as me and my sister are just kind of minding our own business and walking along, I see this fairly large stick right beside me. And so... Um, as I'm walking without saying anything, all in like just one moment, I reach down, I grab the stick, and I just nail the guy with the stick, all right? And I'm like, rah, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I stood up for my sister. Except in that same exact moment, it dawned on me, you are a tiny little first grade pipsqueak. This is the school bully and like three grades above you. And my sister and I like locked eyes in that moment and it was like all in that slow motion where we were like, run, forest, run. You know, so we are just like booking it home as fast as we can. And we run inside our house, uh, lock the doors. This kid is screaming and raging outside. His hand is just all blood, just gushing, you know, and my parents aren't home. So we're just kind of like lock the doors and like, hey, sorry, strangers can't open the door for strangers, you know, and just kind of leave this guy on our, on our own. You don't mess with the family. Even if we're having some of the, the biggest arguments or the biggest tension, there's something about messing with the family. Well, fast forward 15 years or so, and I'm in my 20s. And you can imagine 
my parents and my sister, as I had to expose to them one of the toughest things that I have ever dealt with in, in, in my life, letting them know that about that same time when I was in the first grade, roughly in that time period, when I would go to family functions and family reunions, and we have like 30 of us all together, and we're hanging out at grandma and grandpa's house, I would have an older relative get me away from the rest of the group and invite me into the bathroom where he would sexually abuse me. And it wasn't until, I don't know how to explain this, but it just is, it wasn't until I was about in my 20s that these memories started to come back. And I'm sure there's some sort of psychological thing with that. I don't, it's not the point. It was just like, holy crap, this has happened. And now I have to, to sit with this and deal with it, and I have to tell my family what had happened to me under their watch. Today's topic, how do I forgive somebody who has hurt me? Here we have Jesus hanging on a cross saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. If you're a Christian here today, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus today, you cannot sidestep this issue of forgiveness. It is front and center to our Lord and Savior, and we're going to talk about it. And if, like, if we're going to, you, you know, we're in our series called Red or Green where we're asking questions. I'm trying to do justice to these questions. And if you've, if you've been tracking with me, you know I'm going to be a little bit open and vulnerable on some things. And this is about as vulnerable as I get with some things in my own issues and my own past. But if we're going to deal with them, we're going to deal with the things that you're dealing with too. The past hurts. Who's hurt you? And the struggles. And how can we move forward in these situations? Jesus says it like this in his sermon. One of his sermons, he said, if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive you of your sins. Jesus, you want what? I mean, this person robbed me of my innocence. Pain unimaginable. And you want me to do what? So we're going to dig into this today. Because here's Jesus again, as we read, he's on the cross. Mocked, spit on, punched. They're gambling for his clothes. Humanity's at his worst, and God's, God's right in there saying, I'm at my best right now. So we're going to take some dark moments where humanity might have been at its worst, but my prayer and hope has been for you and for me, this is where we're at our best. This is where God shines bright in some of these moments. So we're going to go to some heavy places today. So what do we do? How do I handle or how do I forgive somebody who hurts me? Well, first off, we're going to pray. Father, forgive them. This is a prayer. He's calling out to his daddy. He, we're going to pray for them. Jesus would even say this in Luke 6. But for, he says, to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And say this with me, pray for those who hurt you. This, is, this was as radical back then as it is right now. This is insane. Because they knew the Old Testament. They knew the Old Testament. It's like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Let's, 
let's, let's deal with this. And here's Jesus saying, bless your enemies, love your enemies. You know, for, you cut me off in traffic? You better believe, man, I'm going to catch right up and cut you off too. And be like, ha ha, you know. You give me the bird in traffic, I'm going to catch up to you and give you the double and say, peel the banana, buddy. You know, I want to I even the score. I want to get, get back. This is not how we naturally feel. It's also why we're never going to get bumper stickers for Freedom Church. All right? We will not. Blake, I'm looking at you, man. Um, no, this, is, this goes so against the grain. And it's, it's, a rat, it's okay to say, this is, this, is, this is hard. This is crazy. Like, this is so not normal. But Jesus, he says pray, and he even models that in those moments. So who's them? Because that's the question that I've been asking. Who's them? Who hurt you? I, maybe for you, it was somebody that abused you. Do the math. The stats say for women in the room, one in three has been abused of some, in some way, shape, or form. And for men, it's one in five. So you can do the math in the room. It's here in the room. Who hurt you? Maybe it was a friend. A friend of yours that you trusted. A friend of yours that you invested in. And they gossiped, lied, disappointed you. Hurt you, backstabbed you. You're in a spot where like, can I trust? Can I trust again? Because I put myself out there. Maybe for you, mom or dad. Maybe they abused you. Physically, emotionally, verbally. Sexually. Maybe they neglected you. Who's hurt you? Maybe it's in your marriage. Who's, who, who's the them? That's what I'm trying to get at. Maybe it was a marriage where you had a covenant. You, you said I do before God and before people, and they betrayed you. And it obviously cuts. Who has hurt you? Maybe it's a church, a church leader. There's a lot of church hurting here. You've been burned. You've been wounded. And you're, like, can I? you're like, you're here today. Well, like, ah, can I do this again? Can I do this again? Who's hurt you? Who is them? Pray for them. Maybe it's the person who's done the most damage is the person in the mirror. And you have trouble forgiving yourself for the things that you've done, for the things that you've said. Pray for them. Pray for those who have hurt you. Okay, I'll pray for them. I'll pray for my family member to get run over by a bus. <laughs> and and, and uh, don't kill them. Break every bone in his body so he suffers, right? <laughs> Check, boom, done. Got that one covered. No, that's not what he's getting at, is it? Not at all. Not at all. This, this is where it starts, okay? Prayer is where... It starts. I call my family member, I'll just call him Mark, okay? I remember being in my 20s and kind of dealing with this and words kind of starting to get out that it wasn't just me, there was uh, some other family members that were being involved in this and my parents asked me, said, hey, when you were younger, 
did Mark ever do this? And I is like, yeah, it did. You know, and you're kind of sitting there in that moment. And uh, I remember this was coming up because my grandpa had died. And a funeral's coming. And Mark's probably going to come. And we're trying to figure out as a family, is, th- is this fool allowed in or not? You know, they're just like, you know. And I've been dealing with this and wrestling with this. They're just finding out in the moment. And they said, Mike, what, what do we do? And before I could even think about it, like this just came out, all right? But it has stuck with me ever since. It's like, Mom, Dad, I forgave Mark a long time ago. And, I, and, I, and like I said, I didn't even know if I really knew the extent of what that meant. But that was the start of, I don't know if, it, if my prayers and thinking about this had ever changed Mark or anything like that, but that started my heart and my healing in the forgiveness process of being able to say these prayers. Okay, maybe don't get them run over by a bus, maybe don't kill them or anything like that, but like, God, be with Mark today. Like, don't make him happy, but just be with him. You know, it's a start, right? It's a start. Pray for those who've hurt you. Who's the who? It starts with prayer. Secondly, determine what they owe you. What do they owe you? I remember when I was in, uh, well, this is pre-kids with Rita and I. We would watch the nieces and, and nephews, and they would come over, and they're like, two, five, eight, or whatever. And I remember uh, one time where Uncle Mike and Aunt Rita were hanging out with our nieces and nephews for the weekend. And one of them says, help, help. And he's in the bathroom and just kind of making this emergency call. And I'm like, this is outside of the scope of Uncle Mike's duties. I am not going in to the bathroom because I know he's going number two. I'm not doing this, you know. Well, come to find out, I don't know why, but somehow the, 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 the toilet was not quite flushing all the way, so he decided to pick up the big ceramic thing on top. Well, it was too heavy for him to to handle all this, so he dropped it, right? And the ceramic thing breaks. But beyond that, he also dropped it where it hit the bottom part of the toilet, and so it's just flooding at the base of the toilet all over. And I'm just like, ah, you know, so we're in there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And if you know me, I am not Mr. Fix-It. So I'm, it's just like, this is disaster mode and, and emergency as we're trying to fix this thing. And I was so angry. <laughs> it's like, why would you even pick this thing up? Why did you think you could even manage to do this? And now we got a huge mess. I don't know what I'm doing. And now that I even think about it, that same toilet that I ended up trying to figure out and repair, when I was taking that old toilet, broken toilet out to my car to take out to the, to, to drive to the dump. When I picked it up to put it in my car, I totally put my back out. And for a week I was laid up. So I'm just like, he owes me a toilet. <laughs> what do they owe you? Like he screwed up and now I got a hurt back and he owes me a toilet and I don't know what I'm doing. What do they, did they owe you an apology? I've been in conversations before when I'm like, I'm having a straight-up, honest conversation with you. 
and I want an apology from you. And it hurts so bad when you're in the middle of that conversation, you're like, I'm not going to get it. But you're going to have a real hard time making sense of your anger, your bitterness, your, your lack of joy, your lack of peace, if you don't determine, if you don't know what they owe you. Mark owes me my innocence. He owes me my childhood in some sense. Like, what do they owe you? And I'm not comparing what I went through to anything that you went through because you could have gone through something else and it wreaks havoc in your life. This is not comparing you and your life and your experiences to anyone else's in the room. You've got to manage this on what, what they've done to you. And the third thing is cancel your debt. Cancel the debt. What do they owe you and then cancel that? Mark can't repay. He can't repay my innocence. Colossians 3 says it like this. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. How has God forgiven you? How has God forgiven us? Freely. Freely. Forgive as, as God has forgiven you. Romans 8.5 says, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while, while we were still sinners. Not once you got cleaned up, but no, while you were still sinners. God has forgiven you and I freely. Now, d- determine who is they, determine what they owe you, and then you cancel the debt. That's the what, all right? I can go through the biblical theology of forgiveness and give you the what all day. Mike, give me how. How do I do this? Because this feels like they win. They get off scot-free and they win. And if you know anything about me, I am competitive and I like to win. All right? I, I don't care if you're talking about ringing around the rosy, playing tag, or anything else. I want to win. We will, we will have games that we play with our, our kids, uh, board games or something that seemingly have no objective or, or anything, and we somehow find a way to find winners and losers. I don't, you know, it is just ingrained within us, all right? I got the spirit of Ricky Bobby living in me that says, if you are not first, you are last. Thank you, people. All right. Uh, some of you are like, what is that? I don't know. Can he say that? Yes. Um, the problem is, we take this mindset of winning and losing into relationships. We take this mindset of winning and losing into our marriages. I win, you lose. I'm right, you're wrong. And relationships are anything but a game. Forgiveness, I don't know which pastor said this. I didn't come up with this, but it's genius. Forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. 1 Corinthians, the chapter on love. Love keeps no record of being wrong. Forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. And it's easy when we are in conflict. It's easy when someone has hurt us. It's easy when we get into an argument with our spouse or we get into an argument with a sibling Not only do we get hysterical, but we get historical too. I know the list, and I'm going to read you the list of how you screwed up and hold that against you, and and that's not love. Love keeps 
no record of wrongs. Forgiveness is one of the most loving things you can do. It's not about weakness. It's actually a sign of strength to be in a spot to say, I can, I can forgive you in this moment. How do I do this? How do I do this? First, you've got to even be open to the idea of forgiveness. You've got to be open to it. Because I don't feel like forgiving Mark. I don't feel like forgiving the people who have hurt me. All right, if you are waiting to feel like forgiving someone, never coming. All right, so I have got to be open to the idea of forgiveness, and I have got to be able to be open from moving from feeling, which will never come, or in many cases will not come. I don't feel like doing it. I got to move from feeling to father. I'm going to rely on you on this one here. I need your help and your strength because I don't feel like this. Um, it's kind of like this. I got to open this up. Ketchup bottle, Heinz ketchup bottle. These old glass jars, now they have the, the squeeze it jars, but these old jars here with ketchup, when you first... It's, it is, but it's kind of the same thing. When you open it up, this thing's been under pressure, and the contents inside have been under pressure, that when you open it up, nothing's really going to come out. And I kind of see forgiveness kind of like this. And so, I don't know if you know this, but Heinz on their jars has this little number 57 on here. And so, you know, for me, it was like this old school, you get a butter knife out and you're sitting there and you're jamming it in there and you're trying to loosen things up so you can get something to come out. But they got this here where you could just tip it at a little angle and you just tap the 57. And you might tap it a couple times and nothing's really coming out. But then it just, it starts to come out more and more. Forgiveness is kind of like that. Step one, I just got to be even open to it. After that, I go to pour it out, and there's not a whole lot coming out. There's not much. Today's message is a message of reconciliation. To tap it again. Because it doesn't feel like coming out. There's not much coming out here, but someone needs to to just tap that thing just one more time, to be open up just a little bit more to, to I know it's not all going to come out right at once, but just keep tapping it. It's a process. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Peter, Peter, one of Jesus' best friends said, okay, Jesus, how often do I got to forgive somebody? Anybody remember? Seven times, seven times. Is that good? Is that, you know, seven's the, that's the, the, the number of, Completion, that's the number of perfection, right? I got this one right, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, uh, no. Seven times 77. Basically, Jesus is saying, Peter, forgiveness is a process, man. Like, guess what? Guess what? I'm, I am talking about this right now with you. 
and I'm triggering you on that thing, on that person. We don't have the men in black thing that says, hey, stare at this and I'm going to wipe your memory, you know, just boop, you know. And Satan, your enemy, knows this. So it could be a smell. It can be a word. It can be a picture, something just so tiny or so small or a place that triggers the memory, that triggers the brain, and it threatens to drive you to a place that you don't want to, to go to. And Jesus is saying, Peter, it's a process. And the more we tap it, the more we lean into this, even though it's dark and hard and we don't want to, the more you lean into this, oh, the more you're going to find healing and freedom. Jesus, one of his first sermons that he gave said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me in Luke 4. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus came on mission. And we tell you, friends, we tell you, church, this is our mission too. When you forgive, when you choose to forgive, you set the prisoner free. When you choose to forgive, you set the prisoner free. And this is, this is what I came here to tell you. All of this just to tell you this. The prisoner is not the person who did that thing to you. You're being set free. Forgiveness is you were the prisoner being set free. Forgiveness is you looking at that thing or that event or that person, and it is you saying, you don't be, or do, you do not get to be attached to me anymore. Like, my God is too big. My God is too great. I have a calling and a purpose that is too good and grand for me to stay attached to you and chained to you. You're keeping me down. I'm going to forgive and break the train so I can be set free. This is the message of forgiveness that you set the prisoner free and it was you. It is not about them getting away scot-free. It is fine for you finding your purpose and your calling. When you choose to tap it one more time and say, I'm not, I'm not going to be chained to you anymore. <laughs> I love you. I'll pray for you. But you don't get to have that over me anymore. I'm breaking that and I'm going to move forward. When you start living that life of faith and understanding this is what God has called you to in forgiveness, <clears throat> crazy thing is, he says, I'm going, to, I'm going to let the blind be set. I'm going to have the, the blind so they can see. He's going to start showing you other people in your life who have experienced similar things in their path, and they are chained. And they're going to see that you have walked that path, and there is freedom and healing and hope and mission and purpose and calling you like, hey, I've, I've come with me. I know a Savior. I know a name greater than any other name. Like, we can do this together. This is forgiveness. How do I forgive? Well, it's not easy. But there is hope and there is a chance to move forward in these things. Someone 
in here today, I believe that God has brought you here so that you can open up again. Open up to the idea of forgiveness and what it's really about. Someone in here, you're going to work on tapping it again so you can get over it again. Someone needs to get rid of the bitterness again that's holding you back and holding you down. My prayers for Mark in the years since, I have no clue where he's at or what he's doing. I have no idea if it's changed anything for him, but I know 100% my prayers for Mark have changed me. Not because of how good I am or anything that he's done, only because of how good Jesus is. The truth, the gospel truth is, if Mark repents of his sin and says, you know what, I screwed up. And he says, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. The truth of the gospel is, Jesus loves him and desperately wants a relationship. Just as that man was on the cross saying, hey, can I go too? And Jesus is in his final moments. Think about it. He's like, can't even barely get a breath. And he's got to like reach up just to speak. And he says, I'm going to see you today in paradise. He's like, Charles, still trying to like in his final moments, see other people come into the kingdom and let them know you're okay. The beauty of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, Jesus doesn't just forgive sins. He forgives your sins. Yours and mine. And he forgives freely. He knows it all and he loves you still the same. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this one rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.